Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Similar to South Carolina is home for the holidays, and I know that he feels some type of way about it. So we're going to bring him on, my good friend Neil Shulman, in all kinds of weather.com, talk all things Florida Gators. Neil, what's going on, my man? I appreciate you taking the time. Always appreciate coming on your show and talking Gators on a uh, non-Gator airwaves. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's not fun <laughs> not having a bowl game. It's not something that, that we're used to um, and down in Gainesville. It's a little bit different, I guess than it is in, in Columbia. I don't really mean that as a slight or a shot to you guys. It's just that, I mean, Florida is a program that's won three national titles in the last 25, 30 years, expects to be in bowl games every year as an absolute minimum. And in most cases, eight and four, nine and three isn't really something to celebrate. It's, you know, be in contention for national title or the season's a failure for most fans in most seasons. Obviously, Things are going in such a way now in Gainesville that we have had to lower our expectations, and I'm sure that's kind of what we're going to get into now. Yeah, Neil, I want to start there since you bring it up. Like, how weird is it? Because I think you and I are around the same age. Like, how weird is it to see Florida football in the state that it's in? Because growing up, I mean, anybody who's a 90s baby or late 80s or whatever, like, all you know is – dominance when it comes to Florida Gators football. My my first memories are, of course, you know, Chris Leak and and Ron Zook, and I think even some Gator fans would label those as dark days right after Spurrier, but then in comes Urban Meyer. You win the national championship, and I mean, it's off and running yet again. So you had the 90s with Spurrier, then you had Urban Meyer. Like, again, all we knew was Florida Gators football being dominant. Now we're talking about get into a bowl game like like how weird is that how much of an adjustment is that for you and Gator Nation to like even be having these conversations very strange very 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 strange um I mean I, I guess the first part of it is that the decline I guess ha- both it, it both happened fast and it both happened gradually at the same time like because from 2009 to 2010 all right there's the big drop off you're 13 and one you're you know, just coming off that loss to Alabama and the SEC title game, and then the next year you're eight and five, and then you go to Muschamp, and then within a couple of years you're four and eight, and you're like, well, five years ago we won the national title, and now we lose twice as many games as we win in the course of one year. So in that sense, the decline happened almost overnight, but it it was sporadic in another way too, in that like there were at least elements of championship level football that Muschamp brought. Like he could recruit defensive players at a level that I don't think anyone else could top. Like his, his defensive recruiting was on par with that of a championship caliber program. So we were still churning out top NFL draft picks. Like Dante Fowler was the first top five NFL draft pick. So like, all right, you still have some elements there. Maybe the next guy can come in and 
I don't know, win with it because he took over a team that had a lot of talent left over from the Muschamp recruiting classes. And, you know, he did kind of McElwain won the SEC East, which we now saw was just a mirage because the, the East was so bad. Georgia wasn't what they are now. And Tennessee wasn't really a factor. And South Carolina, I guess at that point was, was you know, just coming off the Spurrier heyday. So they weren't really much of a factor either. So it was more him just taking advantage of a of a bad division but we were as gator fans kind of thinking all right well you know it's not great but okay we're still winning the east we're still getting to atlanta that is the goal so we can't be too upset about it but then it's just completely craters there are culture issues with McElwain. the strength and conditioning program is so bad that players themselves didn't even trust the strength coaches to do their jobs and this is before the days of nil by the way they would go out and they would pay out of their own pockets local strength people like local strength coaches to help get them more ready for football which is unheard of nowadays and from there you know you have a credit card fiasco where you have guys suspended for credit card fraud um honestly just a couple of guys making some some bad choices and then kind of just trickling down from there another you know, younger freshman and i guess transfers who are new to the program just trying to make a good name for themselves and be a team player and all that and ingratiate themselves their teammates whatever bad culture permeates the whole roster then mullen comes in he fixes it at least on the surface that issue taken care of but then he burns out and now there's another culture problem only this time it stems from the fact that the coaching staff isn't really 10 toes in on the development of the players and, and getting the results that they're supposed to dan mullen i mean the best way to illustrate this is that dan mullen signed himself to a contract extension in 2021 after the cotton bowl loss where florida got obliterated by your now former quarterback spencer rather 55 <laughs> and he extended his own contract didn't do a damn thing to extend any of his assistant coaches contracts and that sent a message because everyone knows like all right if you're extending your own contract you're getting yourself a little bit more money you do nothing to help any of your assistants. You're clearly not in it for the long haul. And then there's other rumors like Adam Schefter put out a, a statement like Dan Mullen is open to going to the coach. Dan Mullen at Florida is open to coaching in the pro ranks. And there's just clue after clue and hint after hint. Like, all right, this is fundamentally broken. Napier comes in. I, I think he's done some things to fix that. I mean, there's the, the story that came out right away when he gets to Gainesville, he fixes the parking situation for the players, which if, you've ever been to Gainesville, you know, it was a terrible situation, fixes the food situation. The, the players have been complaining that, that the quality of the food wasn't great. So he's done some things there and he has recruited to a degree that I think Gator fans are, are expecting and hoping for. But with all those other issues now on top of them, now you've got NIL on the transfer portal and Napier hasn't quite adjusted. I don't think to it. And then there's lastly the fact that he didn't make a pair of moves after the 22 season that I, I really thought he was going to make and I thought he really should have made that was hire an offensive coordinator to help remove one of the many hats that he wears on game days and didn't do that. And then hire a special teams coach because if you, Chris, I'm sure you remember this, Florida hammered South Carolina in 2022. And despite that, Florida could not possibly have played a worse game on special teams. They did everything wrong you could have possibly done. Xavier Henderson fumbles a punt. We have one field goal blocked. We have another field goal where we can't even put the ball down for the kicker. <clears throat> a punt touchdown. After a timeout, we give up a 
like a 40-yard punt return to Josh Van, and I'll be giving him a nice face mask at the end of it, all in the stand of one game. And the next week we lose to Vanderbilt because, well, Jason Marshall tried to catch a punt in his own end zone and didn't do it. So it's every single one of those pieces all coming together. Now, all the failures from the Muschamp, the McElwain, and then at the end of the Mullen tenure, now on to the Napier issues that he has added on to the pile that we're dealing with. So now when you look at all that, it's like, well, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> So looking back, Neil, specifically at the 2023 season, it, it really feels like it was a tale of almost two halves of this season. I mean, obviously Florida had a tough one opening up at Utah, lose that one 24-11. And by the way, going in, right, the expectations were low, at least from the outside looking in. Maybe in Gainesville not so much, but the Vegas over-under was five or five and a half, and, and a lot of folks were picking Florida to miss a bowl game. Some people even projected that maybe Billy Napier would get fired, which I think most of us would – with level heads, realized that was probably never going to happen when you factored in a 30-plus million-dollar buyout. Either way, though, there was some optimism, right? You, you bring in a new quarterback, and I thought Graham Mertz was much, much better than most folks expected, most notably me, who had him ranked 14th in the SEC quarterback rankings, which I ate crow, uh, as I should have. But either way, Florida, first half of the season, you, you beat Tennessee. I know you had that ugly loss at Kentucky, but I thought you got that back with the win at South Carolina. Florida sitting five and two, right? I mean, it looked really promising that the Gators would make a bowl game, but then the stretch of Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Mizzou, and Florida State, Florida loses all five of those games. And of course, Neil, I'm sure the Arkansas game is the one at home that stands out with the all black uniforms, 39 to 36. Special teams played a role in that one yet again. You also lose 33 to 31 at Mizzou. Just, Talk about the season as a whole. I mean, again, it looked like Florida was in prime position to at least get to a bowl game and have something to feel good about right now. How disappointing was that final stretch of five games? And I feel like it had to be accentuated by that loss to Arkansas, which really was the the exclamation point, if you will, in a bad year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.
Well, the warning signs were there. The warning signs from early in the year were there. The fact that we didn't just lose to Kentucky. We got embarrassed by Kentucky, who does not recruit from the same pool of talent that Florida recruits from. They don't just win because, I don't know, there's a bad call or a field goal doinks off the upright and goes in or some kind of luck where there's, there's a, there's a long bomb and the guy catches it with his toe tapping down just inside the white line. No, they just came and they ate our lunch for 60 minutes. And Ray Davis goes for almost 300 yards because we can't control the line of scrimmage or even begin to understand gap control. So that was, that was frightening. And the game most people are going to forget was Charlotte. And I understand that that the defense was actually fairly good in that game. They only gave up seven points, but there were some plays, even still. I know they won 22-7, so everyone's going to go, well, the offense didn't do its job. The offense couldn't score in the red zone. But there were plays where they let Jalen Jones escape the pocket. They let him get outside. There were missed tackles. There were plays where our defensive linemen just got slung down like Barbie dolls. And you, you look at that and you go, well, okay, th- that's Charlotte. Now, what's the SEC going to do to us? So, yeah, we got up for Tennessee and we beat them. We should have. That's a rivalry game. I'm sure our players were sick and tired of hearing about how we never beat rivals under Napier. Under the, under the lights of the Swamp, a night game. Yeah, 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 that's great. But you can't keep that up. And that shows that it's just – honestly, it's fake juice. It's not, it's not who you are. It doesn't show a real process that, that fans can objectively believe in. It shows that you can objectively – get up and give a good team a fight. But then right when the level of competition drops, your level of play will also drop. And that's where I said, okay, Florida's either going to figure this out or they're going to lose to a team they shouldn't after that Charlotte game. Well, I thought it would be Vanderbilt, but it turned out to be Arkansas. So I was, I was wrong and I was right at the same time. But there's, there's no way to defend it. You, you, you can't lose to an Arkansas team that's 4-8 on your home field. It's, it's unacceptable. It's inexcusable. Um, and of course, what was the, the catalyst for the lost special teams, which we just talked about a minute ago. Well, maybe if you'd hired a real special teams coach and didn't have a quality control assistant, basically an intern handling those duties, you wouldn't have had a situation where in a two minute drill, a Chinese fire drill, if you will, you're trying to get to the line of scrimmage and spike the ball after a first down that you are now in field goal range, spike the ball and, and run your field goal team on. Well, our field goal team runs on as the offense is lining up to try to spike the ball. That, as has been part of a theme for the Florida Gators this year, is more than 11 players. That is an obvious substitution penalty. Five yards back, Trace Max field goal now misses just to the right. And had it been five yards closer, that ball is going in. Didn't happen that way. So, again, you look at these avoidable mistakes that – you could have prevented in the offseason. And a lot of the Gator fans, I'm sure, are going to talk about the 4th and 17 at Missouri, about LSU putting 700 yards of offense on us, which is insane. Like with the new clock rules in place now where you get like two or three fewer possessions a game, 700 yards is bad for two games. But that's beside the point. The play calling, which also calls us against FSU, and the special teams fiascos that let us down against Arkansas and Utah in the first game of the season – are things that I look at and I go, okay, Billy Napier, had he been proactive, would have caught these things ahead of time. He would have addressed them before they came back to bite us in a second year. He didn't do it. And that's where the cause for concern is. I would say the frustration 
is just the fact that we lost those games. But we can move on and go, okay, 2024, big recruiting class coming in. We got Lagway, even though he won't play as a freshman. But we have this talent coming back. We should be good for the most part. But that's the concern moving forward. It's not a matter of let's just beat the dead horse. Yeah, we lost five games in a row, which should never happen. It's I'm genuinely concerned about the future now. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. GameTime is the best ticket-buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket-buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Speaking of the future, Neil, we'll get in the 2024 schedule in a second, but what is Napier doing when it comes to special teams coordinator, offensive coordinator? Are those moves being made? I mean, are, are they what, – what, what's the latest in regards to what Billy Napier is doing behind the scenes? Yeah, that, that's the problem. He doesn't have any moves right there, um, or at least announced. If he does he does work in silence to some degree. There is something to be said for that. I do – I will say that, that I like it that he doesn't – that he doesn't let a lot of things slip out. I think that there is some positive to that, but on the other hand, it's also now two days before national signing day and you still have those two offensive line coaches who, if we're just being honest, did not do a good job this past season. And the fact that we have two offensive line coaches means that we don't have room for a special teams coordinator. So it's a, it's a catch 22, like which, which piece of the puzzle do you want to do you want to plug in here? Like, do you want a special teams coordinator or do you want to have two offensive line coaches? Because there are only so many spots, obviously, that you can 
cap for, for paid assistant coaches on your staff. And maybe he's doing something in the background behind all of our backs, but as of right now, there's no smoke about that. In regards to the transfer portal, how do you feel like Billy Napier is handling that? I know the big one, obviously, was Trevor Etienne. That kind of set Gator Nation off, I feel like. We even talked about Florida last week on the show because I just I felt like I could not get on social media X specifically without seeing people and yourself, obviously, posting about Florida and Napier. And it just felt like last week, shit hit the fan. Of course, then the rumors come up he might go to Georgia, which makes it even worse. A, a couple of big portal commitments over the last couple of days. I saw you guys got a defensive back from Oregon State, defensive lineman from Pitt. What's the mood and the feeling and the vibe right now on what Billy Napier is doing in the transfer portal? Yeah, so we have um, Wright State, uh, wrong program, Penn, Ivy League, Joey Slackman. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, actually, my my dad went to Penn, and I mean, I, I used to live in New Jersey before I moved down to Charleston. So I, I went to a couple of Penn games, and I saw him play couple years ago before i even had any idea that he was gonna you know come to florida i just wanted to see penn play Mm -hmm. and my impression of him in that game two years ago actually there were two there was one at columbia and there was one where they were home against dartmouth and my impression of him in those games was he's he looks better than the average athlete around him on the field i don't know that he's going to be an nfl player but he definitely looks like he could be I don't know. He looks like he could play for a power five program. And this was as a sophomore before he really took off this past year. Now, you know, watching the film that he's put out as a junior, he had a breakout year at Penn this past year in 2023. And I think that Gator fans have every reason to be excited about him. There's going to be some eye rolling. Well, you took a guy from the FCS, a guy from the Ivy League. They don't even have scholarships. But I think that he's a guy that's going to come in and work and work and work. And he'll just be that guy that goes through a wall for you. And I think Florida really needs that. Uh, so that that one is good. Uh, Brandon Crenshaw Dixon from San Diego State, a good piece at the offensive line. It's not going to be like adding an Osiris Torrance like we did a couple years ago, obviously, for many reasons, not the least of which is that he is not going to be a first round draft pick. But he is a he is a respectable piece on the offensive line. He's proven that at his position at San Diego State. And I think the difference here between him and a guy like a Damian George we brought in this past year was that we're bringing him in to fill the same position on the offensive line. At least, at least I believe that's what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Napier will change his mind on that, but that's, that's what it seems like it's going to be that he'll come in and play um, on the offensive line where he played at San Diego state. Whereas Damian George had to kind of shift positions from guard to tackle. And he's not really mobile enough to be able to do that. He just, he couldn't do it. He couldn't handle it at an offensive tackle in the SEC, whereas guard, you don't have to, move around as much or be as quick on your feet. So I think keeping that natural position more might help him and letting George play more inside could help there. So then you get kind of two additions by one. And I mean, now we have bridges from Oregon. That's a, that's a good corner who can come up and make tackles uh, both in the run game and knock away passes uh, when the ball is in the air. He's got good ball instincts there. I like that pickup too. I think the, the problem is that Napier and Florida kind of spent three weeks just stuck in park like fiddling around with the gear stick and then finally figuring out oh this is drive and then slamming on the accelerator now they're going 180 miles an hour but there's still like there were still misses that florida had in the transfer portal and i think gator fans have every right to be frustrated about them i think it's i think i think it's a difficult game to play too because you don't know who is going to be entering the portal later so i understand that aspect of wanting to be patient and waiting but again, 
because Florida at this point now with with Bridges, they're still at a delta of minus 14 in the transfer portal. And everyone's going to be at a net of below zero now because everyone's entering the portal. Not everyone's found new homes yet. But to be to be in, in the minus teens in what's it, it's, it's late uh, mid late December now isn't really great. And you're going to be relying on a lot of guys entering the portal coming to you. And if you don't hit on them, then you wind up having to fill your roster with backup spots or with, with backup options. And that is where we have problems like we saw without naming names. Um, we, we saw game tape this year. Uh, there, there were some plays against Missouri where there were guys who, frankly, probably don't belong on an SEC field. If we're just keeping it as respectful and, and polite as possible, I think the objective way to say it is they, there were just a lot better players out there we could have had than the guys that we did. Those guys hurt us by not making plays. So that's what's going to keep happening. If you rely on the portal and you keep missing, mm-hmm. like Napier's backed himself into, into a corner here. Like, yeah, sure. He could, he could write the shit now. He could hit on the later portal guys, but you better because if, now if you don't, you have no recourse. So Neil, that brings me to the 2024 schedule. And it's, it's interesting because Billy Napier enters what feels like a, a must-win type of year, a year where his seat is scorching hot, at least in Gainesville, year three of his tenure, and the 2024 schedule, I mean, it's safe to say it's a murderer's robe. Again, that's not going to be an excuse, but it is. 11 Power 5 opponents. You've got the one non-con game against Samford. Outside of that, you've got Miami, UCF, and Florida State, and then you've got an SEC schedule which features Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Kentucky, Georgia, at Texas, LSU, and Ole Miss. What is the minimum expectation for 2024 for Billy Napier, for the Billy Napier era to continue? Is it getting to a bowl game? Is it 7-5? and five? Is it more than that? And in your mind, way too early, do you think Billy Napier can meet those expectations? Because again, even if you had a really, 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 really good team and you were a really, really good coach, having a good season with that schedule would be a tough ask. Like it almost feels like we're putting Billy Napier in a position to where he's almost set up for failure. Is that too much? I don't know. But in your mind, your opinion, what does he have to do in 2024 to come back? I think the first thing he has to do is beat the teams he's supposed to beat. I think the conversation around him right now is very, very different. If in year one, he's eight and four, as opposed to six and six, and in year two, if he's seven and five, as opposed to five and seven. In year one, there's no excuse to lose to that Kentucky team. Sorry, no, unacceptable to lose to that Kentucky team in the swamp. And then to lose to Vanderbilt. No, can't have it. Unacceptable, period. Point blank, end of conversation. Can't have that. So that would change that conversation because then you can say, well, all right, eight and four, that's an improvement over six and six. You beat the teams you were supposed to beat. The talent isn't that great because everyone that, – that's been the blanket excuse from Gator fans who – have unlimited patience for Billy Napier that, well, Dan Mullen left him with no talent to a degree. That's true. He did leave you with a top five NFL draft pick at quarterback, but for the most part, fair enough, but he didn't leave you with so little talent that you should have gone six and six, nor did he leave you with so little talent that in his second year, you should have gone five and seven. There was no excuse to lose to Arkansas. There was no excuse to get destroyed by Kentucky on the road. Weird things can happen. Again, if you lose that game late on a field goal, I can I can tolerate it. I'm not happy, but I can live with it. And 
I know Missouri's in the New Year's Six, but you shouldn't have lost that game. You were with your backup quarterback late in the game, had a chance to win. Had you converted a fourth and 17, you win that game. So even if you just flip the Missouri of, of 23, the Arkansas game of 23, you let, you let the Kentucky loss this past year stand, and then you flip the Kentucky and the Vanderbilt results in his first year. It's all drastically different, but that's not the situation we're in. Instead, we're looking at a coach who's 11 and 14 right now, and if you say that that he's going to go six and six and keep his job, I just don't see that. I don't know why you would look at a coach who, A, doesn't get any better from the point at which his predecessor left him, which was six and six. B, regresses from year one to year two. I mean, most coaches who are going to succeed have a jump in year one to year two. He got worse. And, and, and he got lucky. That South Carolina game – I mean, because only because Ricky Pearsall and Trey Wilson teamed up for the immaculate reception part two, did you survive that? So like the, the luck and the close game thing goes the other way there. But then again, three, you show no progress when you do have your guys in there. The whole thing being Napier doesn't have talent. Mullen left him in a bad spot. Well, if in his third year, he's still not doing any better than Dan Mullen, there's no way you can blame Mullen for this anymore. Because it would be almost, if not entirely, all Napier guys. And I think it will be. Because I guess with the exception of, I mean, Florida's probably going to get Michael Tarquin back. So so say the pundits, who was an offensive lineman from the Mullen tenure, who played in 2022. So I guess that's a Mullen piece. But the overwhelming majority of the players in 24 are going to be Napier's guys. So 6-6 six and six to me is unacceptable. 7-5, and five, I think it becomes a conversation. Like, how bad were the losses? Were you competitive? Did you beat yourself? Could you count to 11? Did you have two guys with the same jersey number run on the field at once? That's where it's like up for debate. And if the losses are at least in the ballpark, like if you play Georgia to like a 38 to 24 type loss, all right, fine. But you can't lose 41 to three to them. Same with at Texas. Play that game competitively. And you don't lose the teams that you're supposed to beat. Eight and four better. I think he's safe. Conversation's done. There's no, there's no talk about firing him at that point. Hmm. Neil, last thing before we get you out of here, man. It's been an electric conversation. To the hardwood. What's the outlook for Gators men's basketball this year? Optimistic. Um, for sure, optimistic. I think that there is reason to be optimistic. Uh, we we did land a nice transfer portal class there. I don't know exactly what this team is capable of because I don't think they played enough games to be able to to judge them by that but I mean Tyree Samuel is a guy that kind of saved us against ECU so that was a nice pickup there I mean he can clean up some boards and put the ball back in nice and easy oh your offensive possession doesn't work well there's two points because you have a big guy now that's cool uh Walter Clayton's a guy that can finish he can score from the outside too I, I just like his overall game I worry though that Again, there's going to be the same problem as I just talked about with the football team, where the level of play kind of rises and dips based on the level of opponent that you play. Because Virginia is a respectable team. There's no one upset about that loss. And you got up for FSU, you pounded their faces, and you conquered them. You cut the heads off, whatever. Fine. <laughs> Great. Rivalry game. Well, then you play against ECU, and that, that's a team that's, as of that game, was 265 in the net. Lost to SC Upstate. And you need Samuel to clean up a miss to, to survive that one. 
I don't know. I we're, we're going to have to see if this team can up its level of play on a consistent basis. But I think if they do, I think if Walter Clayton continues taking strides, I think if Riley Kugel steps up into an even bigger role this year, I think Florida will be a tournament team. But again, they're going to have to, they're going to have to avoid those bad losses. Cause I mean, last year they got swept by Vandy. Like that can't happen. If you're going to be a tournament team, um, it's, it's just a matter of what what's the consistent level of product you put on the floor. Are you going to be able to get up for big opponents and, and beat them like we did last year against Tennessee and FSU, but then not be able to cut it against teams like Vanderbilt because you let your guard down? But I don't know. TBD, up in the air. Ask me again in like a month, and then we can, <laughs> we can have a more fair conversation about that. And we will definitely plan on – <clears throat> doing that, excuse me. Neil Shulman in all kinds of weather.com. Neil, one of the best in the business when it comes to talking all things Florida Gators. Neil, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you and yours, my friend. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, and let's definitely do it again soon. Yes, sir. You as well. Thanks for having me on. Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.